strip the bolts on them. Should have never sent them to pick up the word for them. Spray the park and had my shit inside the car. Marcus Smart Boy was shooting with a 36 on him. Said if he wasn't in the rush, they was all gone. Tech curse on it. Nice. He was going Sean John. Greetings, shuttlings. Welcome to another episode of Chuddy's Corner. It's Wednesday, February 7th. Uh, it's about 11.45 p.m. Late record tonight. Uh, yours truly was at the game, so I had to make my way back. Shout out uh, Assembly Row. Quickest way in and out for people. Anyone on the North Shore, quickest way in and out. Um, but the Celtics get a 125-117 win over the Atlanta Hawks. Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. DeJounte Murray was a late scratch. We'll get a little bit of that later. Um, but very exciting game. Before we do that, I'm your host, Dugouts. With me, as always, is Chuddy, King Chuddy. How you feeling tonight? Thank you for staying up, too, by the way. Oh, please, please. It's bright and early for me. We still got plenty of West Coast <laughs> action going down. I'm, I'm doing great. Sit back, uh, enjoying the show. Got to watch the game. Got to see uh, some Chuddy's Corner action on my television. It's always a pleasure. What about you? Star of the night? Uh, no, I mean, I'm feeling I'm pretty good. It was, I mean, that game was, uh, you know, we're going to talk about it a little bit more, but it was just one of those games. I mean, for also, I'll, I'll get into it later in my seats. It was a fun. It was a fun experience. I'll save yeah. all that for the show. But it was a fun, fun. experience. I had a good night. Uh, it's cool to get home quickly like that. That might be like an old man, <laughs> the old man side of me speaking about that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was a fun game. It was a cool game. I was excited about the Hawks. Um, obviously, Trey Young didn't have like a nuclear night, but I was a little excited just to see him play. I've never seen him play, but um, sort of an overwhelming night, underwhelming night, I should say. Uh, but anyway, we're gonna get into that full game. Before we do that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast, whatever you're listening to, wherever you're listening to us, make sure you're subscribed, um, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, Podbean, Stitcher, you know all of them, I don't know all of the ones we've posted on, but we're posted everywhere, so just subscribe, um, and make sure you're following the show page at Chuddy's Corner, um, there's a lot of stuff going on at Chuddy's Corner today about the trade deadline, I'm sure tomorrow's going to be more of the same, so make sure you're following that if you want to get all the updated info. Um, we're all a bunch of sickos, so we're going to be all over anything that's breaking tomorrow during the trade deadline. So um, make sure you're following at Chuddy's Corner. Make sure you're following myself at Doug underscore outs. And make sure you're following Chuddy. He's at King Chuddy. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter. Like and subscribe on the pages. Uh, shout out to our sponsor, Nick Perino Real Estate. That's Um Just a great realtor. Both the houses we record in, Nick Perino purchases. So. Uh, shout out to Nick Perino. Uh, but yeah, we'll get into it. I'm kind of stammering here. Uh, Porzingis had the big night for the Celtics tonight. It was awesome to see him play too. He's freaking massive. He had 31 points. Uh, so let's get the 125 to 117 win. Uh, go ahead before we get into everything else. Why don't you give us a breakdown of what happened in the game uh, for anyone who missed it or anyone who was just having a little bit too much fun of the game. <laughs> That could be a lot not, of people out Not there. present company, not included. <laughs> yeah. No, um, at, at the end of the day, it was a good business-like win for the Celtics. Say they did what they needed to do. Um, got out of there with the W. The Hawks always seem to give them a good game and always seem to make things tight at the end. Uh, this one came out kind of what we knew would be the case. The Hawks, really good offense that's been really playing well lately and just a really bad defense. And uh, that's kind of what we saw in the first half. It didn't. Seemed like the Celtics were playing anywhere near their best, even offensively. But you looked up and they still had 71 points at halftime. Um, the threes weren't even really falling, not great shooting. But the Celtics were getting to the basket and basically scoring on mismatches anytime they wanted to. You mentioned it was a ton of Porzingis. Uh, Jalen Brown also had a really good first half. Uh, no Drew Holiday tonight for the Celtics. You mentioned Sante. Does this mean Drew's getting traded? I don't know. 
Um, <laughs> oh, oh God. <laughs> no, no, no. Ooh, that reminds me hypothetical. That. We'll get to that but, later. Um, yeah, but anyway, like I said, it was kind of almost an uninspiring 71 points for the first half where it didn't feel like we were playing nearly <laughs> our best offense. And like yeah. I mentioned, the shooting was poor. Well, not poor, but not great. 7 to 23 on th- uh, threes. We were 21 of 26 on twos in the first half. Which just goes to show how little resistance the Hawks were putting up when we actually decided to to drive the ball um, and to make plays. And you could see the driving lanes were there. It felt like we would almost forget what to do sometimes. There was a lot of dribbling into threes. Tatum had a really tough night shooting the ball, two of 13 on threes. I thought he just settled for way too many. Where it was like, anytime we remembered the matchups and kind of what to do, we were driving, we were finding ways to get Trey involved in the actions, and we were creating very, very easy buckets around the room. I mean, 21 of 26 from two is absurd for a half. Um, and But we were just launching threes, and that's really all that stopped us from scoring, you know, 80, 85, 90 points. So uh, that was like the friggin' uh, porn for Gary Washburn in the first half. <laughs> I saw Gary. Gary Washburn was very close to where I was. I actually took a pretty oh, funny okay. picture of him. He was probably had a massive shit-eating grin he on his face in the first half. Bad that was uh... Very bad posture, that's all I'll say. <laughs> I have a picture of it. We'll tweet it out later. We'll okay. get Washburn on the... Uh, that might become a new meme. I'm sorry. Yeah. We're not here to talk right. about Washburn. No, we hopefully Washburn will come on the show. We want to talk about his uh, basketball philosophies. But anyway, we'll get on track. But anyway... Everything was going inside the arc for the Celtics. Like I said, good ball movement, creating good shots. Threes weren't falling, but everything else, it was, you know, it was layups. It was short jumpers. It was mismatches. It was kind of all of that. Um, But very little resistance on the other end. Again, it didn't seem like, I don't think it was like a huge effort issue. I thought they were actually doing a pretty good job on Trey, uh, who's just a just a great passer he i think as good as he is like it's crazy to say he's underrated but he might be as a passer because he is just makes some amazing plays he can see the court so well uh so like i said we were i thought doing a pretty good job handling his his scoring but it was the other guys jalen johnson had a great half sadiq bay absolutely went off feels like that happens at least once a year he's just like a celtics killer um we might talk about him more in the uh trade deadline section but it was the kind of the Stick role players, around. the supplemental guys. Uh, Capella was out, but a Congo, he is a really good big man down low. He was abusing us on the uh, offensive glass. So they had, I think, eight offensive boards in the first half. It's just, it's just simply too many uh, when we have our full front court like that. And they had, it was 12 to 2 on second chance points. So they were kind of keeping themselves in it that way. And by we were missing threes, they weren't, again, making a ton of threes outside of those guys. But I thought, you know. We, we did a good job, especially at the beginning of the game, staying attached to bogey. I was pretty much fine with what we were doing with Trey Young. I thought we did a good job. We came out. We had a jump. We weren't just playing in that massively deep drop for the most part, letting him dictate things. We were coming out and meeting him. Al was switching on to him. We were making it tough for him. Um, and, you know, he made a few tough buckets. There was one sequence where they ran a high pick and roll, and he did a, settle for a pull-up three two times in a row. The first one was so long, it banked in. <laughs> And the second, and then he did the next question and airballed his short. So I was just like, wow. Uh, so I don't know, something going on with his depth perception? Or, well, that was just kind of an odd sequence. But anyway, point is, they weren't really stopping us. We weren't really stopping them. Uh, nobody was locked in, except for Al Horford, who talked about showing up against his old team. Horford looked, uh, you, oh, can tell that, you can tell that the Celtics have had some extra days off uh, the last couple of weeks because yeah. he looked amazing. 14, 8, and 8. He had 8 assists, too. He had a great yeah. game. Yeah, he was awesome. He had, f- what, four blocks, too, I he, he was, like, oh, did, yeah, he dominating also, on the defensive end. He also and, put up so many shots. It was awesome. Like, mm, he, was <laughs> he was just letting it fly. Yeah, and again, the defense was kind of dictating that. But, um, but yeah, other than that, it just didn't seem like we were really... I guess, overly focused on the defensive end. Uh, we're kind of just coasting to an extent. Again, like, I don't think it was bad effort, but it just, the execution could have been better, and uh, we definitely weren't playing, like, our best. 
Second half seemed like we definitely came out a little more focused on the defensive end. I thought we played actually a pretty, pretty rough offensive third quarter all around, but our, uh, our defense allowed us to, I think, extend the lead a tiny bit. We finally were kind of locking down. We were taking away some of the easy opportunities for their role players. Sadiq Bay, you didn't hear from nearly as much. Uh, Jalen Johnson was all over the glass. We cleaned up. We weren't allowing nearly as many offensive rebounds. So kind of focused in and fixed those things that we needed to. Played them about, even though couldn't really pull away. It felt like every time we went on a little run, they would go on a little run. I don't think either team uh, led by double digits at all. It was kind of the Celtics. Seemed like they were clinging to like a two to seven point lead almost for that entire quarter. Mm-hmm. Then uh, in the fourth quarter, went in up by five. The Hornets hit a three right away. Cut it to two. Uh, the Hornets. The Hawks hit a three right away. Cut it to two. Um, and then from there, I thought it was kind of the first six minutes of the fourth quarter where the Celtics really took over. Uh, Tatum, who I mentioned, didn't have a great game. He played for his best ball of the night. Derek White came up clutch yet again. He had, a, I think, three threes in that kind of six-minute sequence. Um, and those guys really led the way in that fourth quarter, made a lot of good plays. It was, And, again, it was kind of Tatum deciding to put his head down and get to the rim. He did it multiple times. Uh, there was one player where he should have been an and one. He was fired up. He was flexing at the crowd, yelling at the officials. Um, and then again, it was defense, the stops, stop after stop. And they were getting the rebounds. You could see it, the intensity in that fourth quarter, making plays left and right. Um, they had that one sequence where Al threw it away and Jalen Johnson looked like he had a breakaway and they just stoned him at the rim twice, forced him to throw it away. Um, and then Tatum finally hit one of his only threes on a step back. I think that finally got the lead up to 11. Uh, they made a play the next time where they kind of extra pass Tatum to the corner. White hit another three. So you saw kind of the best version of the Celtics. It was almost like a switch flip kind of game where it seemed like they almost coasted through three quarters turned it on for five six minutes got that lead up to like 12 13 um and then kind of coasted again almost to their detriment again where they let the hawks cut it all the way back to five in the final minute and they kind of started doing the thing where they slowed down too much um well it was a doubt for a second there the hawks had the ball down five and bang on a wide open corner three would have cut it to two with about 40 seconds left Celtics kind of dodged a bullet as that was like the only open look all night he missed um and then the celtics had a really good trip at the end where tatum drove drew help and i was able to kick it out almost like an over his head pass out to porzingis who hit the dagger three to close it out um so again not the prettiest win not the celtics best basketball but they did just enough for just long enough to get out of there with a nice comfortable eight point lead uh, win so solid win for the Celtics yeah yeah exactly I mean so um obviously I was a little bit of I mean I was at the game and so we're the seats we were in were like they were great seats like I was very close to everything but like we were if you watch the uh if you watch the show if you watch the game and you watch the show on YouTube or on Spotify you would have seen me so you would have seen exactly where my seats were but so we were behind <laughs> um like the hoop that's near the Celtics bench. So like they're great seats, but there were some points where I couldn't fucking see anything because of the hoop and everything like that. Love so it. um with the jail and that crossover, by the way, everyone that I am gonna make the shooting star, the bag writers video. I'll be Fans honest. Fans have been though, asking. I know and I and I love all of you and I know uh, as soon as it happened, so I had that the backboard was like in the way. So I was like, was it even that much of like a cross? I was kind of like, I don't even, was that even a crossover? I don't even see what happened. And then I ran, to, I went to the bathroom at halftime and I saw, and I'm like, oh shit. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do here. I'm at, I mean, I'm at the game. Like, it's, it's not great. I had like 20% battery too. You go in there with mm-hmm. a full battery. I think the, ba- I think the garden drains battery. That's a whole different, we're get, that, we'll see the conspiracy episode, see, uh, conspiracy theory episode. <laughs> Maybe over the all-star break. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the All Star break. I'll dive into all my conspiracy theories about the garden draining your battery. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, it was, it was a pretty awesome game. It definitely felt like it was one of those games where they were keeping it close, but it never it like the vibe in the garden was like as if we were like whooping them. Like there was there was no like I felt like no one was really worried. It kind of reminded me a little bit of like a boxer that like is like a huge favorite in the fight. And I mean, we were a huge favorite. We were at least a double digit favorite tonight. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, maybe, once they maybe twelve and a half or so. I forget. Yeah. Where it's like the first, like, I don't know, seven or eight rounds, they're just kind of like going at it. And you're sort of watching, you're like, okay, why haven't they knocked them out yet? Um, but you know, at the end of the day, like, it's not like the other team is going to come out and like do that. Um, and again, with, with Trey, Trey Young, you're always going to be a little bit worried about that. But um, he just didn't really have it going too much. I mean, he had 20 points on an eight and 25 shooting. That's like a horrible, mm-hmm. horrible, efficient night, um, inefficient night. Uh, but yeah, it just kind of felt like the whole time that the game was kind of in hand. And then in the fourth quarter, eventually we did just kind of do exactly what I was saying, like with like a boxer, you'll see, okay, now it's just, I'm just going to like pulverize you and, you know, we'll go to the card and we'll end up winning the card. So we got the 125-117 win. They did make it close at the end. Like you mentioned, that was definitely a little nerve wracking. But again, it never felt that way in the garden, which was cool. Um, so it was definitely a fun game, good game to be at. I was excited to see yeah. um, Trey Young. I've never seen Trey Young um live before um and he's one of those guys where like early on people were kind of like chirping him a little bit and i'm kind of like guys like have you ever watched trey young play like the whole thing is like you don't like you don't need to go and chirp him like if he's mm-hmm. missing shots like he had a few shots that were like air balls and people are chanting air ball i'm like guys he fucking knows it's an air ball we don't need to like i don't know do you agree i mean he's kind of didn't you do that with like the knicks the knicks like got yeah. no he so like play the, the knicks fans the road, just uh... put him to bed yeah. So I don't know. I, mean, I don't want to sound too scared of him, but he is. I yeah. feel like he's one of those players where the more you kind of egg them on, the the, the crazy sure. he can. No, get. he can definitely feed off that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it it was a lot of fun being at the game. They're great. Seats. How was, was uh, the fun. atmosphere overall? Mike said on the broadcast it was a great crowd for a Wednesday it, it or something. Felt, at I mean, one it point, felt so. like it, it felt like people were just fired up like the whole time. Like there was, um, I was a little bit nervous because I'm usually you know a balcony kind of creature, and you know it's a little more no holds bars up there, but. There was a lot of people. I mean, people were going nuts. There was one guy who was just like a Hawks fan that was maybe 10 rows behind us. And like, he was just the whole game, just like yelling shit. And like, it wasn't like clever. It wasn't even like, you know, it was just kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. And at the end of the game, we kind of chatted with him for a little bit. I kind of, you know, I was kind of like, all right, whatever. I kind of mm-hmm. respect this guy. It is what it is. Yeah. But, but so it was like a good atmosphere. Like he was, he was, he was jawing and people were drawing like back at him a little bit. Um, it was a good time. Um, I handed out a shitload of Chuddy's Corner coasters. So any listeners, if you want some Chuddy's Corner coasters, we'll gladly send them your way. If you order a bar or anything like that, we'll send them to your bar too. Um, shout out Sullivan's Tap. Loaded up Sullivan's Tap with a ton of coasters today. Um, Tavern on the Square has kind of their own fancy coasters, but I snuck a few on some of those back bars. And then whatever, what's that thing with like the food court, like the Hub Hub Central or whatever? Yeah, I, I, don't was, know just, I was just running around there like a madman, just dropping off coasters everywhere. Yeah, so. Boy. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, it was great. It was, it was like uh, guerrilla warfare marketing. I was <laughs> there was no table I was going to leave unturned. Um, but yeah, so the the vibe to get back to your original question, the vibe in the garden, it felt like very loud to me. It felt like people were always kind of, kind of consistently in the game. Um, for for a game that was like like I said, it kind of felt like it felt like we were all just kind of just like waiting for us to just put them to bed. Like it, it and it was close the whole game. Like the Hawks were even leading for I think were they leading at the half. 
Uh, but it was close. I think, I think we were up 71-68, I want to say. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was yeah. a close but game. Like, was... But they were leading after one. We let up, like, 37 points one, in the yeah. first quarter. Like, it was yeah. kind of like one of those where it was like, whoa, that was a little... Everyone's like, oh, that was a little weird. Like, when are we going to just, like, <laughs> just, like yeah. put these guys to bed? But um, the vibes were pretty good in the garden. It, it felt loud. It felt awesome. Um, the seats were awesome. Like, those guys are freaking massive. It's I know it's yep. stupid to say, like, because it's the NBA basketball <laughs> players. But, like... We, this is probably the closest I've ever been um, at a Celtics game. So um, it was, it was definitely pretty like some of those guys like Porzingis is just like freakish. It's crazy. And his legs are still <laughs> kind of like skinny. It was like very weird to see him close up. Um, shout out to the guys at the garden. Like there's like two guys that just sit like behind the hoop facing like the other direction, Like the whole entire game, they just are facing the other direction, like towards the fans. That's got to be like the craziest job in the whole entire world to have. <laughs> like the, do you think they're Celtics fans? Do you, I mean, you, you, I don't know if you've ever seen, but it's like, they, you've probably seen like every sport has them, like kind of people that are just, but these guys were like locked on. Like they were not looking at the game at all. That's the craziest thing ever, right? Like, do you, That's tough do you think they're fans? Do you think like, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's... Would you like, do they go home and watch, watch the game? Be like, <laughs> I remember hearing that. It was nuts. I was, yeah. there was a, there was probably like a two minute stretch of the game where I was like, almost losing focus on the game. Just look at those guys being like, what a stoic performance. Well, like, that, They're like the uh, yeah. Queens, like the British soldiers, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's actually a great call. Yes. They're like the British shoulders soldiers. I was like watching them just like, they're not budging like for anything. Like they're looking not at the game and no one is going to make them watch that game. Like nothing could happen in that game that they're going to break their stare into the crowd. Um, You'd have to I don't know if like security or what, but shout out to those guys. It's crazy. I'm sure they are. I don't know why else they would, be to do know. that, yeah, but it's like they would probably their like, whole thing is like, like if you let your only job is to not measure and nobody runs past you on the court, like that's it, just, <laughs> that's all you have to do. Yeah. We'll pay you a lot of money, <laughs> yeah. Most nights you'll just get to sit there and zone out, but if anyone runs on the court, but it, so- it, it sounds like kind of a, like a sweet job, like you're at every game, but they literally they, they don't see don't, any of the yeah, game, they no, don't see any of it. It's so just like, like I don't know if they're like, if they're like, they're like Bruins fans, maybe they're Bruins fans, they get. Tickets to Bruins games for watching the Celtics games. I was thinking maybe that's I would say it's probably just a job for them. <laughs> that's a shitty job, but shout out yeah. to those guys. I love them. They're they were unreal. They kept us all safe. Uh, I was happy about it. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope. zero people ran on the court tonight. Although I did see a guy doing flips. I thought it was a random guy, but it was a Celtic. They have a they have a mm. guy who's like with Lucky. He's like Lucky's partner or whatever. Oh, um, okay. What else? What else was from the game tonight? <laughs> what else can I only tell you about that happened at the Garden tonight? Um, Washburn. Did I mention Gary Washburn's you posture? Washburn. Just terrible posture. Who else? Um, Do you see any of the other? Uh, the right? Any of the other no, regulars? I was, I was scouring. I was scouring the. Well, I could see like obviously Mike and Scow, but I was scouring the little press row. I saw obviously uh, Grandy and Cedric Maxwell. They were obviously keeping it keeping it going for the radio folks. Mm. Um, Mannix no, no-showed, I'm sure. I didn't yeah, I didn't see Mannix. I didn't see yeah. Mannix. You didn't yeah. hear it for me, but I didn't see Mannix. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, I stuff. did. I took a picture of Washburn like wicked early, hoping that we would just rain threes on him so I could tweet mm-hmm. out later like that face when the Celtics are when they hit a bunch of the no. threes. But they didn't, they didn't. You mentioned it earlier. They didn't really get the freeze going. But it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it, yeah, it was good. The Garden was a good crowd. We had some cool guys sitting next to us. Um, 
I made it on TV. I got a bunch of texts like yeah. midway through the game. I was trying yeah, to, that was great. I was trying to affect the shot. He did miss the first free throw, but the, yeah. when they showed me doing it, he made the second one. So right, I well, do... their next got they got fouled a minute later and missed the first one. So I think those probably carry over. Right, exactly. Yeah, I I wanted them facing us for the for the second half, so it, it worked yeah, out pretty well. No, that was crazy. I got a, I got a, fun, a a ton of just like random texts from people, which was like kind of funny during the game. Um, also, shout out to P Bear. I don't know. It's uh, it's at P Bear something on Twitter. He was he was like, oh my god, it was that Doug. So shout out to P Bear, mm, fan of the show. Eye. Um, good eye, P Bear. Yeah, shout out P Bear. Uh, at P Bear underscore eight. Shout out you, chuddy heads <laughs> everywhere. Um, but that was kind of funny, just getting a shitload of text about that being on the <laughs> on the screen. I was hope I was trying to get on the jumbotron. I had a bunch of coaches with me. I was just holding my hand the whole time, ready to show them off. Not when you're um, on TV, though. I know, I know. Uh, no, I know. Brutal. It was bad. Um, I got a nice Derek White poster too. This is so. If you've noticed, it's a little bit of a different background for me. I, I rearranged the old Chuddy uh, Chuddy Corner Studio, so we're gonna get this hung up there. I don't know. Oh, it's gonna it be game now? changer. Should I get it? It's going right, to be a game changer. I'm going to put it up now. I'm going to put it up now. You, uh, no. I won't be able to hear you, but kind of guide me where you think the best spot is here. Hold on. Oh, boy. This is why you should be on the YouTube page, by the way. If you're listening to this on uh, any of the uh, podcast platforms, you're missing out on this Derek White poser who literally stole my haircut, stole my whole look, stole my whole fucking flow, but he looks pretty <laughs> good with it. Um, all right, what do we think? Uh, Doug Outs is attempting to hang the Derek White poster. What are you saying? Hold on, I got now. I got the. Yep, you nailed it. <laughs> is this awful <laughs> podcast and this awful radio? All right, we'll put that. Up. We'll put that up later. Doug Outs uh, poster. Uh, I'll tell. I'll talk a little more about the game. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, right, no one gives a shit about the poster. <laughs> we talked the posters that they do give out. It. All right. Game. Why don't you ask me a que- ask me another question about being at the game, and then we'll get on to the fourth quarter because the fourth quarter is really the meat and potatoes of this game. Yeah. So go no, ahead. I'll definitely. answer one more question about the game. Um. No. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I was really just curious about the atmosphere. So that's good to hear. These are the games that middle it was of the good week, for a Wednesday of the night. Season. It felt like a weekend. Yeah. Right, it can be tough to get up for, and they did mention on the, that on the broadcast. You could hear it at times, and I mean, I think again, even though it wasn't like you said, maybe the most exciting game, it was pretty, pretty good pace for the most part. Um, pretty offensive, plenty of offense in the first quarter to get excited about, and then became kind of tight and uh, with some good runs and defense in the fourth. So good opportunities for the crowd to kind of get into it throughout, and it sounded like they were. The so, Porzingis yeah. three at the end was electric. Of course, yeah. So I mean, it sounds like it was a good atmosphere, and like you said, that's. All you can ask for in a kind of random Wednesday night game right before the trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, I will admit, too, when I bought these tickets, I had no idea it was the night before the trade deadline. So that's pretty wild. Shout out that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I <laughs> I don't think Drew Holiday is not going to eat trade. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was kidding. <laughs> yeah. I mean, never okay. said never. No, no, no yeah. he's not. definitely not getting traded. And I, but for yeah, the record, I don't even think like Dejounte Murray is necessarily getting traded. I know he's been in a zillion. But they rooms, obviously but should like... have him out. Yeah, well, right, and they know that he's like the marquee name on the market. So at at worst, I'm sure tomorrow they'll take everyone's best offer, and if they want to make it, make it. But they kind of ruin that opportunity if they play him tonight and he gets hurt or you know whatever. And might or be he goes chance, like three for thirty. Yeah, I mean, there's just kind of no reason to risk it when, again, tomorrow they could someone could call and be like, "All right, forget, we'll give you three first round picks," and they're like, "Okay." Yeah. Um. All right, yeah, we're definitely we're gonna get into too also this uh, Celtics trade um, for Xavier Tillman. We're gonna get into that a little bit later on the show. Before mm-hmm. we do that though, 
Um, I do. So the fourth quarter, obviously, like I said, this felt like a prize fight. The fourth quarter yeah. eventually became of those late rounds where it's like, all right, done messing with our food a little bit. Um, so my, I have two. This is kind of a two-parter here. One, do you think? Do you think it was a little dangerous that it felt, it felt like we were playing with our food those first three quarters? Um, so do you think that was a little dangerous? That's kind of a bad habit. We talk about building habits. And two, just like the fourth quarter in general, like what do you, what kind of turned the ties there? Was it just the Hawks kind of lost what they were doing or did we do something different? So uh, for the first part of the question, I guess first, I don't, I don't think it's a concern. I think, you know, in the first half we saw the point of attack defense was not great. The the Hawks were kind of penetrating, getting in, getting to the basket, getting inside the lane, getting kind of a lot of easy ones, a lot of short range jumpers, floaters, that kind of thing. Uh, a lot of kickouts, like I mentioned, to kind of the Sadiq Bay's, uh, Jalen Johnson's of the world. And it was just a ton of, there's plays where guys were just standing around and they were crashing, getting offensive rebounds. A Kongwell was killing us. I think he had five boards in the first half. So again, it was kind of little things where... <clears throat> I don't want to say like lack of effort or lack of focus or anything, but it almost did feel like one of those games where you kind of just expect yourself to be able to flip a switch. Um, and tonight, like they were able to do that. So you can kind of look at that one of two ways, but I think again, if this is the regular season, like these are just the games you kind of have to get through. And if your version of like getting through a game where you don't play great is still being, you know, like you said, never really, the game was never really a doubt and they pulled away at the end when they needed to. That's kind of like, what you want for these games when you're not at your best, uh, you're missing a starter. You don't exert all your energies. All of the players minutes were honestly pretty low, even for this game. Uh, like we mentioned. And then in the fourth quarter, I think it was more what the Celtics were doing. And especially on the defensive end, it was like, we finally focused in, they stopped getting offensive rebounds. They stopped being able to penetrate. Uh, their shooters were not open. We were contesting everything. Um, and then on the offense too, we stopped settling for threes. We started attacking the basket, started with Jason Tatum. Uh, he was driving like a madman. He went, finished hard multiple times at the rim. Uh, when he was drawing the double, he was making the right passing and he set up multiple Derek white threes. White had another one of those threes where he just kind of dribbles around. It seems like he's in trouble and then step back at the buzzer, <laughs> contested three to beat the shot clock yeah. was huge. Um, and then, like I said, another, couple of good Tatum possessions where he would set up. He didn't have his best shooting game, but he had, a, I thought, a really good passing game, him and Jalen both. Um, they were able to set up the other guys. And, again, an awesome Porzingis game. He made a bunch of big uh, baskets for us. White with another huge fourth quarter. I think he had 12 points just in the fourth quarter. I saw um, someone tweeted out the Hawks broadcast. Uh, I forget the announcer's name. Dominique Wilkins is the color guy, and I don't know who the play-by-play is. But when White made that last corner three that made it like an 11-point game and they called timeout, the announcer was like, White hits it. And he's like, does this guy ever miss? <laughs> Dominique Wilkins, like he's the most underrated player. That's awesome. The NBA, like, so it was pretty cool. And the world's taking it. So, I mean, again, this is one of those games where, like, I feel like Celtics fans are going to be saying things like, "Oh, like we didn't play well. We, you know, bad effort. We didn't try until the fourth quarter." And again, it's like that's kind of the mark of a good team on these random nights where, like, you have nothing, no reason really to show up, and you're just able or to you're able to do enough to get the win, to pull it out, like I said, an eight-point win at the end of the day over, like, a decent team that has been playing well, um, and that's your kind of, like, off night, you know, that's that's pretty good. That's how you end up with a 39-11, and 39-12 record, whatever we have now, and that's why, you know, you're, you're afforded these opportunities to look around the East and our lead is only growing. So, again, it's like, it seems silly to nitpick on these games where it ended up just being mostly, like, a comfortable win, and when we needed to play our best ball, we did, and we found it, and, again, we played 
let's say eight to 10 minutes of really, really good defense when we most needed it. Um, yeah. And we were able to play the right way. And it's another one of those things too, where there are going to be nights in the regular season. It's a long season. And I think there's nights where you show up and you see Jason Tatum tonight. And he's just like, if there's a playoff game, is he, you know, p- getting picks to be on tray and mismatches every single time and attacking and getting 15 free throws and getting living inside the paint. Like I certainly hope so, but I think it's okay in the regular season where he's just like, Maybe I don't want to put my body through that. I'm just going to see if I can win this game by just getting hot and hitting seven threes. Like, I would hope that in the playoffs, <laughs> the coach and the players realize that. And I think, like, yeah, that's a good point. where we can kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. And like we said, in the fourth quarter, when it was close for a quarter, they did do that. And Tatum did start put his head down. He got to the basket. He drew double teams. He was finishing at the rim or kicking out for open shots. Like, that's what you want to see. And, you know, it's like, we just keep saying, like, it's crazy to expect they're just going to play the right way and perfect basketball for 40 Every, minutes yeah. a night in these regular season games when again they're doing it up to win so it's for us to be like bad Celtics performance they improved to 39 and 12 and have a five and a half game lead in the east yeah. like they're so yeah. disappointing <laughs> no i mean i, I totally get that because it's like i feel like i'm almost i've almost kind of been one of those guys like during the year where it's like yeah, fuck, they were not fuck. Like they, they play the right way all the time but it's like they didn't beat the hawks at 50 is bullshit well i feel like well i think also like so what like so me and you, I mean, we're we're at. So you just said what thirty nine and twelve? That's the record. Yeah, I think so. Right. So we're at we're at fifty games this season. So like yeah, we've been 51 doing fifty. Games. We have thirty one games left. Right. We've. I'm saying we've done fifty one games of like podcasting about the game, hmm. and I'm already kind of at like the holy shit. All right, let's just like bring on the playoffs, <laughs> right? So it's like, I, like I feel like the first few times I did see this, I sort of was like, like. Oh, like they're not gonna play like this, like perfect, like mindset every game basketball. I, I'm beginning to kind of be like, all right, I kind of get it, because like, and <laughs> all we've been doing is podcasting. And I I sit on my it's couch nature. every night and just watch the game, walk upstairs and just record oh. about it. And I'm kind and I'm of sure like, there's certain nights where you're not locked into the game and you're kind of like checking Twitter in the third quarter, like all right, no, no, like... no, no, no. <laughs> But no, but I'm saying like it's like I feel that way just like about podcasting about yeah. the games, which again regular seasons a grind. Love it. Wouldn't best job in the world. Oh, but yeah. so it's, it's like I'm kind of I'm kind of I guess where I'm going with this is that I'm kind of just like softening my stance on games like this. Like I feel like um if you like listening to like talk radio, which again they barely talk about the Celtics anyway, but if they did they'd be like, Well, the Hawks, you know, you better it's just not kinda, be. You better be listening to Chuddy's Corner, not that talk radio yeah. shit. Well, that's what, yeah, that was my actually my number one pitch when I talked about the game tonight about the podcast. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, Good. do you just fucking hate the talk radio stations? Like, okay, we're like the opposite of that. But I'm saying, like, you could find something sound. to be like, well, the Hawks kept it close. But at the end of the day, again, when it got push came to shove, we just buried the team. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. we could do that for 48 minutes. And we could have maybe won this game by like 30 or something like that. But yeah, I mean, whatever. An eight win, an eight point win right uh at this stage of the season we're like uh you know week and a half away from the all-star break tomorrow's the trade deadline it is i am starting to understand kind of just like the doldrums <laughs> of the season we're kind of there um yeah so it's actually kind of nice they made it a little interesting for us for the podcast right. well but. and also i think that's part of going back to the other night when we had that awful loss against the lakers and you're saying like is this the worst loss of the year and i was saying like it is yes that that, that but like this is why when you're 39 and 12, and that is so clearly the best worst loss of the season, it's because we're not having bad losses. Like it was such an outlier compared to basically every other game of the season. Where other nights, when you're like, "Oh, they had an off night," it's like, "Yeah, we won by eight. 
explain to you like that's a bad that's what we're saying is considered like a bad game so yeah, yeah when you lay an egg at home and get killed obviously it's the worst loss of the year but like i said it happened one time over 51 games like it's you know it's wild that we're at 51 games holy shit <laughs> been, yeah me and you have been hanging out for 51 games here holy shit pretty crazy <laughs> yeah it's a lot it's a lot yeah oh my god it feels like a couple of years <laughs> 51 so 51 games something chuddy's corner related has been on three of those that's pretty good numbers not a bad that's percentage actually really good numbers yep three and oh uh, those games really three and oh when chuddy's oh, yeah. corner gets uh nbc sports and broadcast time so all right clip that we're gonna clip that the celtics are three and oh anytime that chuddy's corner uh, whether it's a tweet we had or, or a member of the of the podcast is featured on NBC Sportsnet. Chuddy's Corner is now three and oh. Huge. Huge. All right, clip that. All right, perfect. So <laughs> um <laughs> moving on, uh, do you have any other kind of just like additional notes on this game? Like anything you wanted to discuss specifically about the game? Uh anything I think I mean, I think we should discuss Porzingis. He had the he had yeah, a great night. Oh no, yeah, Porzingis was great and I mean we just keep it's the benefit of kind of having the team we have where, you know, like I said, Tatum, I thought he played well in a lot of ways, but he did not have a great shooting or scoring night. Brown had a really good first half, but was very quiet scoring in the second half. And that's why you have the luxury of Porzingis and White to a lesser extent. who scored 31 and 21 points. Our two leading scorers are the yeah. two guys who did not, not get Jays. chosen to the All-Star game in, Trey Young, in favor of Trey Young. So uh, maybe a little extra, extra juice for them tonight is Trey, uh, I mean, Derek certainly that. outplayed Trey in the fourth quarter when it mattered on both ends. Um, and Porzingis, obviously leading the way with 31 points, certainly looked like an all-star uh, to me. So, Yeah. No, Porzingis was awesome. Uh, I didn't really put that together. You're right. So those two got snubbed, basically, over uh, over <laughs> Trey Young and ended up putting up the points they had. I mean, Trey Young has had a great season. I feel like yeah. he – I don't, I don't – I yeah. feel like who's the other one? Scotty Barnes, the one that I kind of feel like is kind of – I feel like yeah. Trey Young, I can live with Trey Young being on it over those guys, but Scotty so, Barnes, you gotta tell me Scotty Barnes has been more. Well, impact, here's the thing, and I kinda had a feeling this was gonna happen because when it's the replacement players are just picked by Adam Silver, and I guess just, historically yeah. he well, he always wants to give it to teams that don't have an all-star. Right. So I kinda had a feeling it was gonna go to the two leading guys who didn't have a member because now the Hawks and the Raptors are represented. It's just like right. better yeah, for the which team, I, yeah. whatever. And I mean I don't hate it. And it's one of those things at the end of the day where it's like how do you argue the difference between Trey Young, who's like has obvious flaws and is on a worse team, but is by far the most important guy on that team, versus Derek White, who's like awesome and amazing at every advanced stat and like the perfect role player, but clearly is aided by the fact that Tatum, Brown, and even like kind of Porzingis are the focal points the teams are like focusing on. So it's like, again, yeah. like could White do what Trey Young does on the Hawks? Like, probably not. Oh, and probably whereas more. Young probably couldn't better. do like, but like Young couldn't do what White does. On the Celtics, like you almost need to build mm-hmm. a team around Trey Young. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, whereas White is doing like everything else, so it's just tough to. It's always tough to me to kind of compare Real, the value. If you, of two guys ball, like that. you know ball, you know. If you know ball, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I know who I would take, but and I think most like contending teams would. If we were playing like a game White, of pickup but... on the playground, would you pick White over Trey Young? 
Um, if it's call your own fouls, I'm probably taking Young because he's just going to live at the line. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good answer. Good answer. Grifting, my God. You see, I was glad they weren't rewarding him too. By the way, as a little aside, he like as much as anyone were, there was like there was there very was little. Fine, I feel like there's he, barely any fouls called the whole time. He's so many times, and they changed this rule partially because of him. But there's still so many times where he'd do like his pump fake and then do that unnatural like jump backwards into a guy. And I was glad they just weren't rewarding him because he did that. I don't know if you could tell like being there, but on the broadcast, it's like he so many times. Well, so I see the, it was like almost a obstructed view. Yeah, and it was a lot of times like White would be like on him, but like playing disciplined defense, and Young would just unnaturally jump like into him, and then like try to shoot, and then be pissed they're not calling it. It's like, dude, you're making 100 percent of the contact. Like that's not how you shoot. It's not like a natural shot. Um, yeah, and again, that, that one that, year, that angry him and Harden Heckler behind us was screaming about that the whole time. Yeah, but the the NBA took that out of the game because him and Harden were doing it, and it was just like. Yeah, it was pissing people off. So he's he's a grifter, and it's definitely hurt him. The rule changes, but he's still obviously a very good player. Yeah, um, yeah, Porzingis, Porzingis is just like amazing. It's kind of it's <laughs> the more it is kind of one of those weird things where it's like you wake up and you realize like that was it was such a missing piece. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's what he what he provides, and and again yeah. the fact that him and Derek White are the two highest scores. It's like neither one of the you know if you went into basically like any game if you talked last year. Who's the neither one of the Jays? The two Jays are the third highest. The Tatum's the third highest score in the game. Mm-hmm. You think the, the Celtics the must have lost? And Browns the fourth. Yeah, right. the the Celtics must have lost. The fact, right? Know, it's just nuts. I'm a huge Browns yeah. fan. Seeing him in person too, he's just freaking huge. And he was getting wicked jacked up too. I don't know if they mm-hmm. showed it on the broadcast. Yeah, but after he hit a few threes, like he was like love that. He was getting the crowd like jacked up. It was yeah. It's awesome. He's well, he was getting in. called for a lot of uh, questionable calls. He got called for a few moving screens, whereas, like, you could call that every play. Um, the, and they they, had, one, really they had one late that he called where, yes, I heckled and the it's rest. just like, give me a break. You could call that every time. They're doing the same thing on the other end. And then they called him for a three in the key on offense when he was posting up, which you just never see called. And then on the other end, Trey Young got trapped the in the paint. Thing. They didn't call it. And Joe was flipping out for, like, yeah. For the next two possessions and through the whole next time out, he was absolutely flipping out. That was like maybe as mad and animated during a game as I've ever seen Joe. Yeah, he was, and rightfully so, because that to call, you never see three in the key called. Um, and it seemed like a quick count already. I don't even think like, he had the ball for do? more than three seconds. Like, I don't. I thought that was a terrible call. That was one where I literally. It it's happened. just another one where you're you're gonna start calling three seconds now. Like then, okay, you can call it every other play probably. Yeah. Like out of nowhere, we're just choosing to call this one random time. Like, but when stop. that happened, I literally was so confused. They're like three seconds off, it, and I'm like, like wait, I almost was like it was one of those ones where you're like doubting like your own like knowledge <laughs> of the rule. I'm like, wait. Was it someone else, like, in, like, just standing there? And, like, it's Porzingis. I'm like, yeah, how the weird. fuck could that? Um, I think, uh, so, Tatum did only have 20 points. We had 9-7. and seven. I feel like this is two or three games in a row mm-hmm. where he's almost come close to a triple-double. Yeah. Um, he's really packing the stat sheet Brown lately. Brown had six assists, too, right? Uh, yeah, Brown had six assists, six rebounds, 15 points. Yeah. So, again, so. I mean, again, not, like, a bad night. By any stretch, yeah. I mean. And the fact that, they're, again, they're able to do so many things to contribute to winning on nights where they, neither one of them really has it going from a scoring perspective is massive. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you have anything? I feel like we're, we're going a little over on time. Yeah. I definitely want to get into the trade. No, let's so, do some trade deadlines. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into that. So right now we are, it's 1223. So we are, where's my math wizards here? We are 14 and a half hours away from the trade deadline. <laughs> nice. Yes. Did I nail that? Well, if I'm wrong, just no. move us over a time zone. No? Yeah, no, 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 that's good. Yeah, 14 oh, and a half. All right, I was going to say, it. if I was wrong, 
just say we're a time zone over and suddenly we're right. <laughs> yeah, they don't know um, where we are. <laughs> so uh, the Celtics today trade for Xavier Tillman um, from the Milwaukee, or I'm sorry, the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, he, we traded, how many, how many picks? I know Lamar Stevenson was part of it. What did we give up yep. for picks? Lamar Stevens and two second rounders. And two uh, seconds. Neither one was ours. I think they're from, one was from the Mavericks in like 2030 and then a 2027 one from, I don't even remember what team. Basketball's so. hilarious to me because it's, it's crazy <laughs> that those are even assets, but they are. Shout out the yeah. second round picks because we still have a whole bunch more. They're anyway. huge. Any other execs are listening, those second are round assets. Don't are let old Bobby tell you those are assets. These days. Second round picks. And, and watch tomorrow, not just the Celtics, but all these other teams. Everything's the new conversion rate. That was is that just like uh is that just four like a... second round with picks equals a first is what we saw next year. So it's like no one's giving up a first. All right, we'll give you four or five seconds. But five. on the second okay, so I don't want to get bogged down this because I do want to talk about Tillman, but like on the second <laughs> like is that just like a way to like tell your fan base you did something? Because we you just said a twenty thirty Mavericks. Well pick. okay. Yes and no. Because for the one time, look at it from the other point of view. If you compile enough second round picks, you can obviously turn them into something. Because at the end of the day, like you, that could be your team. Like The idea is that you're rebuilding, so you're going to be good in five years and need a player. And it's like, well, we have five second round picks. So will you take them for this like, sixth man? It's like, okay, but yes. Or you know, you can turn seconds into a uh, bunch of seconds. Yeah, but I feel first. like... Oh, well, I'm and sorry. second round picks also, obviously, you want to get better second round picks. But the more second-round picks you have, each of those is just like a lottery ticket. And with the way the CBA is, if you hit on a second-round pick, like their contract is very, very valuable, as you saw with the Celtics with Jordan Walsh. So they now have him okay, on like a four-year, super-cheap right deal. There. Right. So, again, if you have two, three tr- cracks at a Jordan Walsh every year, you're picking, you know, especially those first few picks like we saw in a different deal today where the Pistons uh, got – Simone Fontecchio from the Jazz, who's a, a good player, and they gave up people who are like only a second, but that's uh, they traded a wizard second round pick. So that's probably like the 33rd pick in the draft. So again, at that point, like everyone's different. So you can get the, maybe the guy you had at like 20th on your board at 33rd, probably. So it's again kind of like a late to mid first round pick right. who you can sign for way cheaper and have on like a much more favorable deal. So a lot of teams actually value those like early seconds better than late firsts. And if you can get more than one, you know, I mean, look at around the league, Nikola Jokic, second round pick, like oh, obviously yeah. it's an outlier. The, the cheesy Gordija is a, diff, a bit of a <laughs> Obviously, outlier. but I mean, the point is, I think the more you have it and the smart teams, you know, they do use yeah. those either as assets well, to trade for other I things or to make good picks that can help your rotation. I think like, that's stuff you said later. Players who were picking what the second you, round. What you said later is like more to the point where it's like, that thing with the contract, I didn't know that. That's obviously sick. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, if you're trading for like a shitty team second round pick, that's obviously like way better. But when you said about the contract, because at first you're like, well, you know, well, then you can package those seconds. It's almost like one of those things where it's like, I feel like you're just describing like the economic system of the world where it's like, <laughs> this shit wasn't yeah. worth something to me, but it might be worth something to you. So I'll sell it to you for it's like, right. it's almost like money well, is just kind of like second round picks. Kick it down like, the road. If we all agree second round picks have value, they have value. But do they really? But the thing you said about the contract is valuable. <laughs> yeah. um, and obviously, if you're getting a pick from a team right. that's going to be dog shit that year, then that's obviously good, too. But again, let's we don't need to get in the second round pick. Yeah. Let's talk. No, but also, if you look around the league lately, that is what's getting deals done. Like last year at the deadline. Like not obviously this star like, players. Yeah. But, but this is what I'm saying where it's just, it makes no team. sense. It just seems like more people are trading. Sentence. But also, Doesn't most of these value. deals... Like, again, we're obviously not talking about blockbuster deals. These are deals to just kind of get business done. So it's to the point where, like, look at it from Memphis's point of view. Xavier Tillman, 
who's like a fine player, but he's obviously not part of their like core, and their okay, team no, sucks he's this elite, year. Actually, <laughs> sure, but he's on a one year. He's a deal is expiring. It's one point eight million dollars. They're already making moves like trading Stephen Adams to try to get more financial yeah. flexibility this off season. So they're looking at this guy who, again, at this point, their season's over. Like they don't have a reason to hang on to a player who's not going to be there for more than the rest of this season. So like. It's lose him for nothing or get two second round picks. So when you look at it like that, it's it's nothing or second round picks. They can keep him and yeah. let him walk. Like, yeah, maybe they could re-sign him, but obviously that's not in the plans. And that's kind of, I think, what's happening too with a lot of these other teams around the league. Guys we talked about. We're not, you know, you're hearing like Andre Drummond. They're going to just trade him for second round picks. Even like Kelly Olenek might get traded for like three second round picks. He's a good player. But if All the right. Jazz aren't going to re-sign him, like, it's that's three second, second round, round picks. second round pick talk. <laughs> You've made your the point. Second round pick You've on. made your point, you little friggin' NBA GM nerd, you. All right, uh, we understand it. Second round picks are valuable. Us regular folk view yes. it as like a nickel or like a dime. You, you've made your yeah, point. Yeah, but, but if you have Stop 20 it. nickels, you can, get a, even, you can even get a dollar. No one's changing in 10 nickels. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, tell us a little bit about Xavier Tillman. So I'll tell you, well, before you do that, I'll tell you what I've seen. Um, I watched a highlight reel of Xavier Tillman, obviously it's his highlights, but what I saw in those highlights, um, it looked like he blocked the shit out of LeBron, and he was chirping Kyrie in a game. So to me... Both accurate. To me, he's elite. I'm ready. <laughs> but, like, what do you realistically... Is he, yeah. is he like, a guy, like... Not, is he, like, more of, like, a Cornette kind of guy where maybe you could play those kind of minutes, or is he more of, like, a Cato where it's, like, maybe you'll see him, maybe you don't, because Cato didn't play at all tonight. Everyone asked the yeah. Memphis game was like, Kata is an NBA player. And now he doesn't play <laughs> at all tonight. So what yeah. what should Celtics fans, where should our expectations be at? Because I saw him stuff LeBron and chirp Kyrie. I want him on the floor all the time. But am I crazy yeah. to say it? Well, <laughs> so I think he's going to be like another alternative to Cornette. Like, I don't think he just automatically goes in and takes so that could, minutes. So that could mean like 15, but, 20 minutes a game. It could. What do you, I think, and I think there could be some nights where he doesn't play. And I think in the playoffs, if everyone's healthy and everything goes well, that he could definitely could be games where he doesn't play. But again, that's not really a knock on him. The reason you go out and get this guy is, you know, insurance is a big part of it. To be kind of like an innings eater in the regular season is a part of it. And to play different matchups is a part of it. Where like, what you're getting in Tillman is a guy who's like, he's a big and he's a chonky big. He's not super tall. He's only 6'7", 6'8", so pretty undersized for, like, a center. But he is wide, and he is strong. Um, and he can move people around. He's got a pretty long wingspan, too. He moves well, and he's athletic. He's a very good defender. Um, the advanced analytics especially love him. But you watch him play. This guy can move Ooh. his feet. He can switch, kind of like a younger Al Horford, where, like, he can switch onto wings and guard out on the perimeter really well. Um, a little bit, like I said, love maybe that. like a younger Al. A little shades, especially on the defensive end of Grant Williams, too. Um, but, again, like, bigger than that. So he can stay with some wings. Like, you mentioned those plays, obviously, just a couple of highlights. But those are the kind of things we could do, where if he gets switched onto a guy like LeBron, like, he can hold his own out there. He can play a little bit of center. Um, I think he can play next to Porzingis. When Porzingis is stretching the floor, I think he can play next to Al. I think he can play next to Cornette. So adding some good stuff where I think he can play in two big lineups. I think he can play in single big lineups. I think he'll be a really good defender for us on both ends. I think he'll give us a motor um, and be one of those like energy spark plugs off the bench. So like you were saying, like he's got an edge to him. I think that's another thing that's good to have for your eighth, ninth guy. Someone who come, can come in and kind of like muck things up a little and give you some edge. Like, so he's like a grinder like that. He, um, 
doesn't hasn't been playing a ton of minutes, but in terms of like per minute efficiency, he's generates like up there for I think the most steals plus blocks in the entire league. He's like one of the only players out of the one block exchange. He will be one. He's one. I think he's the one of the only players in the league averaging over one and one of each. Um, and he does it in like under twenty five minutes. Like it's, his stats are absurd. He's in the 99th percentile for defensive efficiency. This but year. do you think he's going to play like, that many minutes? Is kind of the point. No, like is, we'll is, is Cornet on the hot seat, or is it like if Cornet's out, he'll play? I think it's. A, I think it's an alternative option. I think it'll depend on matchup, depend on what we need. I think there will be games where they both play. I think Joe, you know, he likes to play double big, and having now four. Very solid bigs. Like I think this is probably the end of Kada, the Kada opportunities, which you know, kind of sad for him. But yeah, we upgraded that position. So and that's, that's a real what position it is. You're saying Kada's are... the victim of this one, right? And I mean, there's going to be a lot more games where Al or Porzingis is sitting. So we get, you know, we now have another quality NBA big to slide in there. Tillman's only 25 too. We have his bird rights now, so the Celtics will be able to re-sign him in the offseason for a cheap deal. He could, you know, I hate to talk about. Life after Al, but he could be like an Al replacement someday for like cheaper money. So this could, yeah, so this could be a move towards the future as well. Um, offensively, he hasn't had a very good year, but I saw him a, do lot a of bunch that, of dunks. Yeah, well, he can dunk. He can <laughs> shoot a little bit. He, he was a better dunk. shooter. Like I said, he's not having a great shooting year. But again, he's not a guy like his offense is going to kind of come from other players. Like he's a very complimentary player on that end. So I, I think like. He'll be a fine piece on offense playing around really good players. Like, you just watched Memphis play. We all saw the kind of people he's sharing the floor with right now. So, again, there aren't exactly a lot of guys setting him up for, like, easy buckets and to do his thing. I think, on you know, when he starts playing with some of the Celtics players, suddenly his offense might start to look a little bit better. So, again, this isn't a guy who's going to start coming in and putting up 2010 for us. But he's a guy who could come off the bench, be a spark plug for, you know, eight huge minutes in the third quarter. One of these third quarters where things are falling apart, we put in Tillman, he gets a big block, he runs the floor, he gets a dunk, you know, he's making hustle plays, things like that. So I think it's a great pickup, all things considered. Um, and again, just like we keep saying, this is what it's going to be like for the Celtics. They're, they need to make moves on the margins. On the margins, that's a great move. This is exactly what we've been asking for all year. We, anyone who said, uh, you know, are we a little concerned about the bigs? Should we have a little more big man depth? No more there concern. It is. We went and got it. We've spent low and got a you know a big who has proven himself. He's played playoff minutes for the Grizzlies before um, and done well. And you know he's again he's versatile. He's a guy that we can trust on defense. He's hard nosed. What have we talked about is kind of one of the bigger concerns at different points in the Celtics season. Rebounding, even in the first quarter, like I said tonight, they were letting up offense rebounds, watching plays where guys are standing around. That's something that I think uh, a guy like Xavier Tillman, you know, you put him in there, he's going to put a body on a guy. He's going to bring energy. He's he's not a guy who's going to be giving up rebounds. The little things like that. So, again, I think where the Celtics are at, the name of the game is just adding guys off the bench who give you options, who can do different things, and who might be able to help you in certain opportunities. So, is it? it's a slight upgrade. It's not someone who's going to, you know, swing the title as, like, a huge role player. But, again, for trading Lamar Stevens, who has essentially no chance of playing, um and two for second round picks in the late in the future from now like just a great piece of business and a guy who's immediately in our you know our top nine ten and if he gets it going he definitely could supplant luke Cornette. and you know again depending on the matchup depending on the series he could be a guy who plays like a semi-major role for us so you know it sounds to me like brad and mike have uh kind of done it again all right, that's all I need to hear. That sounds good. You compared him to Al. I've seen him dunk on. Uh, I've seen you've seen him block LeBron and talk shit to Kyrie, and now you're comparing him to Al. I'm all in mm-hmm. on Tillman. Um, I mean, I think Cornette's always been playing great, but yeah, hey, 
Uh, it's all all is fair in love and war. Too bad for Kata, though. Do you think that they're gonna they'll keep him here? Do you think they'll move down to Maine? I know he played a little bit of Maine this year. Is it too early yeah. to say? <laughs> uh, so say that again. Are they gonna send Kata down? Like, is Kata gonna go oh, back down to Maine or? Yeah, probably. So, um, I mean, one other thing too, it's important to say this. You know, one way or the other might be decided by the time you, whoever you're listening to this podcast of course with the deadline coming but another nice thing about this deal is that the celtics didn't use any of the grant williams tpe so they still have the i full saw that they point. did i saw something they that didn't. changed so there was a lot of a lot of not wrong reporting i think a lot of people just waiting for the all of the details of the deal to come yeah. out so there's a lot of stuff out there a lot of it, like I said, I don't think it was wrong. I just think people didn't have all the information. But mm-hmm. when it's all said and done, the Celtics were able to throw Stevens back, who Stevens makes the $2 million vet minimum. Uh, Tillman makes the $1.89 million. So we actually, yeah. So we actually sent out more money, um, matched the salaries, and we, like I said, we sent out a little bit more. So the Celtics actually created a TPE in this deal, but it's like 87000 Like yeah, literally yeah, too yeah. low to sign even the lowest. Like it's, it's meaningless. McClung, but, maybe. No, I don't even. I literally don't even think you can sign a minimum guy. They could, you know, I would happily take the contract if if they're willing. Yeah. But but this is like a, the point a is they didn't, they didn't spend any. They still have that TPE. They still have the Justin Jackson TPE, which I forgot about. Uh, that one's only like two million, if even itself. So they have that TPE. They have the but the full Grant one, so they still can spend up to six point two five million dollars on one or multiple players uh, without sending any salary back. And by sending Stevens we kept the roster amount even. So we still have a 15th roster spot. We only have 14 guys. Now, again, we could still, we might want to save that for the buyout market. We might want to turn one of the two-way guys into a full contract. Like that doesn't guarantee that we're going to do anything. But the point is we, we really didn't give anything up. We have still six more second round picks we can trade. Um, and we have the 6.25 million. So all of the guys who we might've already wanted, all the guys you might've read about on chuddyscorner.com are still chuddyscorner.com. Like, obviously, I think that takes care of our big man move. So I think, you know, guys, we talked about Andre Drummond, for example. He's off the table now. I don't, you know, we don't need another center. But He's, other guys he's no Xavier about, Tillman. <laughs> exactly. But some guards, some wing upgrades, like I've talked about. Lonnie Walker, who I've been in on, and it sounds like the Celtics are too. Like, very much still in play. You know, two more second-round picks and a chunk of that Grant Williams TPE. Lonnie Walker and Xavier Tillman. Again, not exactly two superstars, but if you're... If those are suddenly your ninth and tenth men, like that's pretty damn good. So again, great piece of business by Brad today, and left open the option to make another great move tomorrow. So uh, very exciting. And the reason I said that is because obviously I think what they do tomorrow, what they do with the last roster spot, and all that will kind of affect what happens with Kada, um, you know, and other guys. All right, <laughs> we did fifteen minutes on the new guy, so don't let anyone. If you guys are looking for info on Xavier Tillman, we just fucking nailed it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, <laughs> I just I didn't even realize that we just went on so long about Xavier Tillman. Xavier oh. Tillman, we're fans. Chuddy's Corner, we're fans. We're in on it. It's a big addition. Check it out. If you go to Sullivan's Dad, you'll see the coasters. There's a shitload of them. What do you have? Uh, we're going very over on time right now. What do you have <laughs> around the NBA? Like, I know the trade deadline's tomorrow, so we can't get it too short, but what do you, what do you got? Yeah, I'll try to keep it somewhat fire. quick. Um, I'll keep it with the Celtics, first of all. We got word Jalen Brown going to do the dunk contest. Freaking awesome. I love that. Respect Jalen Brown. Just so cool by him. Again, there's every reason in the world for him not to do it. And so 
Like, it's just like a lose-lose situation almost now. He's up everyone's already like, say. he's playing against two G-leaguers and Hawkeyes. Yeah. And it's like, and on the surface, if he, he can loses, only lose. If he loses, he can't beat yeah. them. It's just, yeah. Exactly. But, so again, the fact that he's like, frigate, I'm going to be like the guy who saves the dunk contest by myself. Like, I just, you know, obviously hope for the best. I think it's a very respectable move. Um, makes, you know, I'm infinitely more excited about All-Star Weekend and the dunk contest now, I have to say. It's yeah. like something where I was almost like, eh. You know, like, I'll probably watch it, whatever. Now I'm like, I can't wait. Like, this is going to be sick. And, yeah, I hope uh, Brown goes out and puts on a show. I don't see why he wouldn't. So, uh, so like, is there, it's going to be awesome. Is... And I hope he gets, like, the respect from his peers and from fans that he, like, deserves for doing this. Well, again, do you people think are that... clowning on him, it's like, dude, there hasn't been an all-star in this contest since 2017. Brown, right? Like... Yeah, obviously. Okay. <laughs> that, I mean, I feel like that alone, if he nails that, that, mm. I don't know how yeah. you... I don't know how he doesn't even win it because I mean that dunk was fucking sick right. anyway. Yeah, um, but the fact that to pay they homage, both, they're both named Brown, seven. they both wear a seven, they yeah. both play no, for the Celtics in the dunk contest. Like, maybe he can bring D Brown out and do that dunk like over him. <laughs> that would be. I mean, that would be pretty sick. But I mean, I don't know. The dunk itself is just the dunk yeah. itself is sick. No, for sure, I'll for sure. Oh but, no, um... it looks like. Hold on, is this? Am I? No, I think I'm being trolled. Carry on. <laughs> Brutal. But, um, yeah. Well, there's a picture. Like said, this is a, I've never seen this picture of the D-Brown. No look. But it's over somebody. But that's on the dunk contest. That's extremely well, dunk, grainy, but I think Yeah, the that, dunk contest is this one. Again, subscribe to the YouTube page. And that looked like page, someone else who put on a D-Brown jersey and was paying homage to him. Mm, that might have been Gerald Green. Yep, 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 yep. Brutal. All right, but anyway, the point Not is, respectable move by Jalen Brown, a guy who a lot of non-Celtics fans and even Celtics fans sometimes will, like, rip on. But if you don't respect this, then you obviously just, like, don't actually want to see the If you can't respect back. that, you hope perspective yeah. is whack. Well, yeah, and it's like, how many times has anyone said, like, oh, I hate how no NBA players have the balls to do the dunk contest? It's like, okay, this guy actually is. So, like, just fucking give him some respect. I mean, he's Much the highest. Play, people always say he's the highest played player, even though he's not this year. But yeah, yeah. he has the biggest contract. And he's doing the dunk contest. So yeah, exactly. You, LeBron, you're a coward. Show some damn respect. Yep. Um, again, we already touched on it a little, but obviously the last two All Stars spots went to Trey Young and Scotty Barnes. We already kind of mentioned that. I just want to say, like, hope this is a motivating piece for White and Porzingis. Um, overall, like, not a big deal. I'm fine with it. Hard to argue against Young. I thought Jared Allen maybe had a little better case, but either way, not a big deal. Um, then just a few other things kind of around the league. We saw a couple more brutal losses for the Bucks by Doc Rivers. Uh, they're now one and four, and that included they lost last night to the Suns. They lost on Monday night to the Jazz. They were up 19 um, and ended up losing by 15. So just got absolutely boat raced. I think it was 81 to 43 in the second half, something like that they lost, after, or after they had the 19-point lead. Something crazy, but. Ugly looking stuff. Uh, Brooke Lopez has missed a few games for personal reasons. Not sure what's going on there. Lillard missed the last game last night with an ankle injury. And Chris Middleton uh, had a nasty looking ankle yeah. injury too. He left last night's game, I think, on crutches and in a walking boot, I heard. So he might now be out for a while. Dirty so, play, um, yes or no? I didn't think so, honestly. Like, yeah. I know those plays can always like look dirty, but they're, I don't, he certainly nothing malicious. Like, it. it seemed like a solid. Yeah, exactly. It sucks that it happens, and I get why it's a player foul, but they don't want it to happen, but it's. It is kind of just like a natural basketball move. You mm -hmm. try to contest, sometimes it happens. Yeah. So I wouldn't say it was dirty, but I'm sure some might. Um, so Brooks are struggling elsewhere around the league. I don't want to say a sad story, but uh, 
interesting to see the raw emotion from Clay Thompson the other night in the locker room <laughs> as he has not been closing games for the Warriors. Carr has been going in other directions. Um, it's been kind of rough, and the Warriors' best lineups just have not been lineups with Clay Thompson in there. Um, I thought he did a really good job. You could see he was kind of like fighting some emotions, but did a really good job answering the questions, saying all the right things. Um, you know, that's tough for a guy who's been one of the best players in the league on one of the best teams for a long time to kind of try to have to come to grips with that role. Not easy. So it'll be interested to see how the rest of the Warriors season goes as they're clinging to like any hopes and if they want to win, it probably doesn't involve playing clay and they're headed. Well, no, not playing him, but not playing him obviously as much as he's used to. In crunch time. I just yeah, think right. it's like he came back from being like injured forever. Like, what did he think that he was going to come back and just, I don't know. Well, I mean, he's been much better in a bigger part of the team. He he, That yeah. was the case when he came back and won the title with the Warriors against us a couple of years ago. Like, but it's the, just, hasn't he missed time between that? Um, not like major time between that. I don't I think he's had any major injuries. Between that no. No, no. Well, he's but, <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, tough to see. Um, elsewhere around the league, the... Hayward Highsmith of the Heat. I don't know if you saw this one just happened today. He was out for tonight's game, and apparently it's because he hit a guy who was helping another car on the side of the road, and that person is in critical condition. They had already had to, like, amputate their leg, so he might have killed a man. Hey, um, PSA, when you see – you move over for vehicles in the breakdown lane. I don't see enough of that. You move over. If you don't, slow down. That's – Yeah. That's a that's a dickhead thing. It sounds like you ran the guy. The guy's probably changed up flat and ran his leg over or something like that. Yeah, so I don't know what's gonna happen there. But move uh, over, move over. Situation. We've had a few odd NBA stories involving uh, driving cars and hitting people and yeah. weird I'm stuff this year. Thankful Boston's with, a walking with city. So, our rivals so far too. Heat and uh, Sixers. Boston's so, a walking city. Exactly. All the more leading, reason for leading, free agents to come here. Leading the charge. Yeah, exactly. Much safer. Um. Then elsewhere around the league, the only other thing I really had, well, a couple of trades today we should mention. Simone Fontecchio, who was a potential target of the Celtics, a 28-year-old second-year player from Italy, playing for the Jazz. He's done a really good job as kind of a role-playing wing, sharpshooter. The Pistons actually gave up some decent assets to get him, as I mentioned, so kind of a nice trade for them. They obviously want to make him a part of their core. Um, and then the Timberwolves went out and got Monty Morris, which was a nice move. They desperately needed a point guard uh, depth off the bench. You've seen how much their offense hurting when Mike Conley sits. So Monty Morris for a couple seconds, good veteran point guard move by them. But again, those two moves in Tillman were the only moves the day before the deadline. It just feels like there's such like a stalemate almost around the league and no one's like, you know, these, we might just, I think, see a bunch of deals like that where we're seeing your favorite uh, currency second round picks just being shuffled around all the teams outside the league. And we see like kind of veteran role players like these guys are, are the really the people changing hands. So I think in the grand scheme of things, that's probably good for the Celtics as it scans. We're the favorites. So we don't if none of our rivals enough. are able to make major <laughs> yeah. upgrades and guest star players, enough, nothing. probably, <laughs> probably good. And also, us, we but... can't overrule like, uh, like Rozier already got traded. So I feel like those are some big trades that have already happened. Yeah. Well, well, right. Yeah, exactly. And some people are saying that today. If you look at it, like, from the course of the whole season, starting with after the draft, it's like we've seen Dame traded. We've seen Drew traded twice. We've seen Harden traded. And an over Pascal Siakam. Starts, yeah. Siak well, no, I'd say like, Siakam. Big players. Siakam, Obi, and Harden were all traded in season. And Rozier, like you mentioned. So. Yeah. Um, been and then, I mean. Clippers huh? look good. Clippers look good. There's been some moves. Clippers look, <laughs> Clippers really look good amazing. with the Harden, yeah. 
yeah, no. So there have been some big deals. Um, they just have, might not have happened right before the deadline. But yeah, I'm sure there will be a lot of moves. And I'm also sure, you know, we hear all of this posturing for so long, but it's like nothing spurs action like a deadline. So all these teams have been kind of sitting there. Once there's an hour left, they're like, all right, all right, all right, we'll do it. <laughs> Fine, fuck so, it. I'll send you I would say thirds. don't be surprised because people were saying last year too at this time, it seemed like things were quiet. And then all of a sudden we had Irving and Durant traded basically out of nowhere within like a 24-hour span on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday last year. So yeah, when all seems like quiet, we might just be in the eye of the storm right now. All right, well, make sure you're following Chuddy's Corner on Twitter. Make sure you're checking out ChuddysCorner.com mm-hmm. because we're going to be keeping everyone up to date. We're going to be going all yes. out on the trade deadline. Oh, yes. Um, all right, we have, uh, I mean, this can be probably very, very brief. Um, tell us what we should expect for the Celtics game on Friday against the Washington Wizards. The Wizards of Washington. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, they are 9-42 and 42 now on the year. That uh, right, sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> a grim team. No, they're just awful. Uh, it's a comedy of errors to watch these guys. They've got, like, some decent NBA players, but they don't fit together. They don't play team basketball. Um, they just don't know what they're doing. Jordan Poole was supposed to be their big offseason acquisition. He put up a nice... Zero points tonight on 0-5 shooting uh, in their loss at home <laughs> to Cleveland. Awesome. And the home crowd was booing him at a certain point after a missed shot. So oh, it's God. ugly. And the Wizards, they are in full-on sell mode and have as many guys kind of rumored in trades as anyone. So it could be an even more interesting game on Friday because we don't really know. Will Kyle Kuzma still be on the team? Will Tyus Jones still be on the team? Will Daniel Gafford still be on the team? Denny Advia, to a lesser extent, like... No idea. Uh, so if there's a chance they could make a trade right at the deadline and, like, guys haven't switched over yet, and we might get even, like, the backups of this Wizards game. So it might be end That'd up be awesome. being similar to that Grizzlies game the other day where it's a lot of, like, G League guys and 10-day guys. Um, even if it's not, the Celtics should have no trouble. This is one, again, just go out, don't fuck around, take care of business, and there's absolutely nothing this team can do to stop you. Um, yeah. Kristaps Porzingis, revenge game. Anyone? Love it. We'll go with that. <laughs> it's going to be a Porzingis revenge game. Make sure you check out the Chetty Bar. We're going to go heavy on Porzingis. Yeah. Let's um, get the guys some rest. I would love to see the starters sitting the entire fourth quarter of that game. All right. Well, book it. Uh, Celtics win 125-117. Electric atmosphere in the garden. Celtics, again, 3-0 on games where anything Chetty's quarter related is mentioned on the broadcast or seen in the broadcast. And we'll see everyone back here on Friday for the Wizards game. Chetty. Have yourself a good night. Take care. Thanks for staying up. Peace out, Chuddy Did I freeze there?